0: and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown presented by the Minnesota Daily. I'm your host, Paul Hodewanek, the sports editor of the Minnesota Daily, and we are back to talking football today. And to do that, we brought back one of our football reporters, Nick Youngheim. Uh, make sure to check out Nick's work, and you can pick it up at pretty much any university building on campus, and you can find it online at mndaily.com. How are we doing today, Nick?
1: We're doing great. Let's get down to it.
0: So the Gophers and uh, their non-conference schedule, they were 3-0 to start the year. They're consecutive uh, non-conference win record is behind them, and uh, the next time they might play one of those is in a bowl game. But to get to a bowl game, they're going to have to take on the meat of their schedule, which is the Big Ten season. So before we preview Purdue and everything that Purdue uh, will offer and have against the Gophers, I want to do a little bit of a non-conference takeaways, just the big-picture ideas that we can look at that made the Gophers successful in non-conference, and even though 3-0 maybe stuff that held them back a little bit that they're going to have to work on. So the first one is... They've been trailing in pretty much every game, and they've they've found a way to come back in each one, and so that's a valuable skill to have that you can fight back, and even though you might not have your A game, you're able to kind of come away with a win. Is that something that they've talked about? Is that something PJ Fleck like has highlighted that this team has been doing really well at?
1: Absolutely. You can look at the Gophers start the season two ways. One, they've blown a double-digit lead in every game so far, but they've also come back in the fourth quarter and overtime to win all those games. So... P.J. Fleck has talked about taking out the positives, being 3-0. That's where the team wanted to be. But he also says you have to consider how the team is playing because at this point in the season, wins and losses don't necessarily tell the whole picture. You have to look at how the team has been playing, and right now it's been pretty inconsistent, but they are definitely satisfied to be undefeated.
0: Yeah, let's start with one of those inconsistency. Inconsistencies, sorry, and that's running the ball. Um some, some drives they look like they're lost, the offensive line can't block anyone, and then towards the end of the game sometimes they've got it going. It's a little it's a little puzzling considering the fact that most of the offensive linemen are returning from last year, a lot of their running backs are returning last year, healthy running backs this year. So why do you think their run offense has been inconsistent? What is what do they need to work on going into big time play?
1: Well, Definitely with the offensive line, I think that's the main thing. With the running backs, you know what you've been getting, but Coach Fleck has talked about that even though they have a lot of promising talent on the offensive line, they do still have some young guys, and even though those young guys have experience, they're still learning, looking at the right side of the offensive line. Daniel Falele is only in his third or fourth year of actually playing football, and then Curtis Dunlap Jr., he played last year a little bit as a freshman, but this is his first time getting – Reps playing the whole game and starting, and so he's still learning the system a little bit too. And that's the right side of your offensive line where you usually want to be running behind. So there have been times when the offensive line has looked good. You can look at Rodney Smith's performance in the second half against South Dakota State that last fourth quarter drive where the Gophers scored. He had a nice drive there, and then before he left last not last week in Georgia Southern game two weeks ago, he had over five yards of carry before he had to leave with the injury.
0: Yeah, and those injuries are something that has plagued uh, the backfield a little bit, but it sounds like with the bye week, Smith will be back, Ibrahim sounds like he'll be back, and then Shannon Brooks, who they haven't had since last year, sounds like he's going to be back. Have, have they discussed who they believe will be available, who's going to get the majority of the carries at all, or is it? do we think it's going to be that running back by committee that we've seen throughout the start of the year so far?
1: T.J. Fleck has talked about wanting to get all his running backs involved, saying how they all bring a little something to the table. So I think as the season goes on, we're going to continue to see everybody that full complement of backs, trying to work as many of them in as possible. But they can also roll with whoever's having a good game. But they have talked a lot about Shannon Brooks coming back. They expect him as well as Ibrahim and Smith to be available for this game. So it looks like those three should all be good to go.
0: Yeah, and one thing... If they can get those guys going, then the two-headed receiving monster that the Gophers have seemed to get to have the at the start of the year, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, they, that's only going to make them better. Um, if the running game is working, that's going to open up some holes. The linebackers will come in on the play, bite on the play action, and those guys will be open in the in the middle of the field. And that's one of my other takeaways: is those two guys, how well they've been playing. Bateman, it was, he he had the first two games of the season, did really well, and then they finally got a a way to get Tyler Johnson involved and you saw what happened three touchdowns so my question is how do they work in tandem together what do they say about each other what do you, the uh, flex say about them and how they are able to work together to just give troubles to offenses
1: well in general it's never a bad thing to have a lot of depth at the skill position the more guys you have who can potentially be dangerous with the ball the more the defense has to worry about so right now I think the Gophers and Coach Fleck are really happy about the depth they have at all those positions. They feel like they have a plan where they can get everybody involved and everyone can be productive in the offense. And defenses, opposing defenses can't get too comfortable either guarding the run or guarding the pass because there are people in both facets who can have big games and be productive.
0: Exactly. So those will all be keys that we'll be looking at as they head into Big Ten play, and their their first opponent is Purdue, the Purdue Boilermakers. They will go on the road to West Lafayette this week to play Purdue, and Purdue's got a little bit of a rocky start to their season. They're only 1-2. Um, they lost 31-34 to 34 on the road to Nevada in their opening game before heading back home for two games where they won the first of them against Vanderbilt, 42-24, and then lost to TCU last week, 34-13. to 13, Not a close game, and one of the problems that they had in that game was they didn't have their quarterback available. Their starting quarterback Elijah Sindelar uh, got a concussion in the Vanderbilt game, I believe, and is still questionable with that. I believe as early as Monday they were still wondering whether he was going to be ready. They said the week before he had been playing really well and then or had been practicing really well. It looked like he might have been ready for that TCU game and then just had a couple setbacks. And he's he's important to their offense. He had uh, 932 yards and nine touchdowns when he got injured. Both those were top in the nation. So. He can sling it, and it's a big loss, and if he doesn't play, they're resorting to a redshirt freshman, uh, Jack Plummer, who against TCU uh, had 181 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions, so definitely not the not the greatest outing and definitely who the Gophers would rather face. And Jeff Brom, the head coach of the Boilermakers, said he's confident in uh, Plummer, but I think you have to say you're happy with your your backup quarterback going into these games. You want to give him confidence. So I'm not sure how much we can take in um, from that. So what has Fleck been saying? What has Joe Rossi, the defensive coordinator, been saying about what Sindelar or Plummer will present and what maybe the difference of having one of them in as opposed to um, the other will have?
1: Well, they've both been echoing the sentiment of Jeff Brom and that they're preparing for both, and they feel both can be effective quarterbacks. Sindelar obviously has the better numbers, the more experience in the system. Even going back to twenty seventeen, Sindelar was splitting time with David Blau, who's now in the NFL on the Lions, and he's been a pretty good quarterback in the Big Ten for a while now. So shouldn't come as a huge surprise that he got off to such a hot start this season. But Jack Plummer last game, he struggled a little bit. He didn't get much help. His receivers dropped a few balls early. And then once Purdue fell behind, got into some obvious passing situations. The TCU pass rush started to cause him problems. But Purdue, one thing that Fleck has said, and looking at the tape from last week, it doesn't look like they're going to change their offense much at all. No matter who's behind the behind center, um, you know their rushing attack hasn't really been that great this year. They rank 129th, which is second to last in FBS. So. They want to throw the ball. They've attempted over twice as many passes or almost twice as many passes as rushing attempts this year. They're a pass heavy offense. So no matter who's behind center, they're going to try to run their system, which is very pass heavy.
0: Yeah. And you can't count out Jeff Brom. He gets a lot of credit for kind of revitalizing that program. They, they were worried he might leave and go to Louisville in the offseason. They were really excited when he decided to stay and um, re up with them. So Can never count him out. Um, but let's focus a little bit now on the Purdue defense, which just going through the point totals hasn't been great. Obviously, 34 points to Nevada, 24 to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not a great team in the SEC. And then TCU, obviously, 34. So they're having a little bit of trouble of keeping points off the board. Their rushing defense ranks 90th in the nation. They're allowing almost five yards carry. So good for the gophers who maybe have been struggling. Maybe they can get something going against them especially in that TCU game where they didn't really – TCU barely threw the ball at all. Um, I think they only had like 70 passing yards, but they had 370 on the ground. And so when you're winning – when you're scoring 34 points and you're only having 70 yards um, over the air, they're going to have a productive day rushing, and that's what they did. It was six yards per carry. And then the first two games, they weren't that bad against the run, but it, they were. it was hard to stop the passing game. They allowed 378 yards and two touchdowns to Vanderbilt and 295 yards and three touchdowns to Nevada, and their pass defense ranks uh, 102nd in the nation in passing yards allowed. So some holes on the defense have – what have the offensive players been saying about – or Flex been saying about what they need to do to kind of capitalize on those deficiencies?
1: Well, I I think it comes back to the wealth of talent the Gophers have, both at the running back and the wide receiver position, that they feel like they can run and pass effectively effectively. Passing certainly has been really good so far this year. Rushing-wise, they have some areas to improve, but they feel like getting Shannon Brooks back and getting that rotation of backs going, they think they can improve on that as the Big Ten. Rolls along here, which is something they'll have to do because, like I said before, they've blown double-digit leads in every game and ended up falling behind. You have to have a running attack that can control the ball a little bit and prevent teams from getting back in the game.
0: Yeah, and the Gophers have put up 28 points, 38 points, and 35 points. So they can put it up there when they're playing well. And it sounds like Purdue's going to give them an opportunity to do that. So if Purdue's going to be in this game, it looks like it might kind of be a shootout, might kind of come down to the quarterbacks if Cindelar can go um, and if Tanner Morgan can kind of continue to put up production, which he has so far this year. And the thing that they're going to have, or the Gophers are going to have to worry about on defense is a uh, Purdue pass catcher, Rondell Moore. The wide receiver won a ton of awards. He's only a sophomore in his freshman year. He won first, or he was on the first team All American team. He was the Big Ten wide receiver of the year. Um, I believe he set some program records. Um, he had twelve hundred and fifty-eight yards and twelve touchdowns last year. This season, most of his production did come with Sindelar. He didn't have that great of a game with Plummer, but Plummer didn't have a great game all around yet for the season. He's got twenty-seven receptions, three hundred and sixty-nine yards, and two touchdowns. So he's a threat. Um, he might even, but he's might be better than the two-headed monster that um, the Gophers have in Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. What is Rossi, what have the cornerbacks highlighted when they're talking about how to stop Rondell Moore?
1: Yeah, Rondale Moore is a huge challenge. You definitely have to watch out when number four on Purdue has the ball. So those records he sent la- set last year, over 2,200 yards um, all-purpose. That was a program record, the first consensus All-American in Big Ten history as a freshman first freshman to accomplish that so the Gophers Rossi and the defensive backs have talked about trying to contain him when he's in space he's a really tough guy to stop when he has the ball in his hands he can break tackles he is a lot of speed he can make defenders miss really once he gets the ball in his hands heading downfield he can make one cut and take the ball to the end zone from anywhere so that's the main thing they're focusing on coach Flex said that It's really hard to limit his touches because they get him going in so many ways. In addition to passing the ball, they'll get him going on reverses and jet sweeps. He'll return kicks, so he's going to have the ball in his hands at some point. Had a pretty good game against the Gophers last year. Had eight catches, only 76 yards, and a touchdown that was not very far out, but still a threat in the red zone, too. So all around, he's a very complete receiver, and he'll definitely be the guy that the Gophers defense is keying in on.
0: Yeah, and special teams will be big too because if he is returning those punts, if he's returning kicks, the Gophers, I know there have been a couple called back because of penalties, but they have looked like maybe their uh, their special teams are a little bit susceptible to a return coming back, so it'll be interesting to see if they kick at him, if they kick away from him, and how that works, and that's going to be one of the big takeaways of the game. Do you have any other big takeaways that you see the Gophers will need to do to capitalize and get out of West Lafayette with a win?
1: Yeah, there are a couple of things. So defensively, the Gophers are going to have to do a little better on first down. That's been a struggle. They've allowed some big chunk plays. So they've been able to get off the field once they've forced opponents into third down situations. problem has been on those early downs is when opponents have really hurt the Gophers. And then also, the Gophers, offensively, they've been pretty efficient picking up third downs. Um, saw a stat this morning from Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press. Tanner Morgan on third down. He has the second highest quarterback ranking in the nation, quarterback rating in the nation. So I think that those are gonna be some of the keys that the Gophers will focus on keeping up.
0: Sure, and the Gophers opened as a one point favorite in Purdue, so it's gonna be a, they're predicting it's gonna be a close game. It'll be interesting to watch. It's nice to have Gopher football back after the week off. I know they needed it. But I'm not sure we needed the break. Um, I'm ready to get back going, keep watching them. And uh, thank you, Nick, uh, for being on this podcast today. And we'll look forward to Nick's work as well as John Miller's work, the other football reporter. They'll have the analysis coming right after the game. So make sure to watch MNDaily.com. Um, Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Paul underscore Hodawanik. And make sure to follow Nick. Nick, what's your Twitter handle?
1: And Youngheim Daily.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Nick. Thank you. In other news, the volleyball team played twice last week, beating Clemson and Oral Roberts in straight sets to win the Diet Coke Classic. The women head into the Big Ten schedule at 6-2 and and play Indiana and Purdue at home and Iowa on the road in the next week. The women's soccer team dropped a pair of matches over the weekend, falling to Rutgers and Maryland by the same score, 2-0. Their record now sits at 1-7-2, and they take on Penn State and Ohio State at home this weekend. The cross-country teams are finally about to return to action after a three-week hiatus. They host the Roy Gryak Invitational on Saturday at Les Bolstad Golf Course in St. Paul. Make sure to check out our extensive coverage of the meet online at mndaily.com. We have previews going um, from our great reporter, Brendan O'Brien, and we will have all the reaction after the race as well. Winter sports are beginning to rev up, and the first one to get going in the regular season is the women's hockey team. After they won a pair of exhibition games against the Toronto Arrows and the Minnesota Whitecaps, they are now at home and will be playing Colgate on Friday and Saturday night. That's all we have for you today. We'll be back again next week to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.